You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. Pretty day today as we record. It, you hope know, it, it is hope it's pretty when people pretty. are listening. Yeah, I mean, it's really, really weird how pretty it is. I mean, it's crazy pretty outside. Um, and maybe it's because the universe knows Alabama has essentially somehow, we think, clinched the SEC title in basketball. I don't know. Um, but, Jimmy, first of all, I need to tell everybody this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. We will talk about Built Bar in just a minute. But, Jimmy, I think that we might have possibly – really could have clinched at least a share of the SEC title yesterday, although nobody can confirm or deny this. That's some, a really frustrating aspect of, uh, of the win yesterday. I know it was senior day, so that's a cool, a cool post-game thing, and, and that was neat, but we probably should have been cutting down nets. I, 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 don't, I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think everybody's caught on to the reality of what we did. Now, I guess we can't celebrate until we mathematically clinch I guess I get that but we really did clinch yesterday I mean the odds of Alabama not being SEC champion now I mean it would it would take Arkansas winning out and Alabama losing out and even then I'm not sure because of win percentage and Arkansas not playing as many games as us and Therefore, I, mean, I really think they should have made a decision yesterday to cut down nets. <laughs> because, I mean, what are they going to do? Do it at Arkansas or Mississippi State? And, 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 and if we didn't clinch yesterday, Saturday, then, then when did we clinch? Then when do we clinch? And I don't know. I, I, now, I, as far as I'm concerned, we're SEC champs. Now, I'm with you. I'm with you to a degree. I, I, I kind of would rather save it, but you're right. Because if you don't cut them, you're right in the sense that if you don't cut them down yesterday, that you risk the opportunity to cut them down at all, no matter what happens. If Arkansas loses out and right. we, you know, or whatever, it, you, because what if we lose to Auburn? You're not cutting down nets after you lose to somebody, are you? That's right. It, it set up every awkward scenario there is. I mean, I mean, in terms of like, well, when are you going to do it? Because it's very conceivable we could lose to Arkansas Wednesday. They're the second best team in the league. They're playing really well right now. We didn't play that great Saturday. It's very conceivable that we might not beat Arkansas. So then you got Mississippi State on Saturday, and yeah, Alabama—that's a game Alabama is very likely to win. Mississippi State's playing terrible right now, uh, and, and and we'd be playing for a lot. And I guess you clinch if you beat Mississippi State, but it's in Starkville. It's a late night game. We won't have a single fan in the stands over there. Uh, I don't know. It's just kind of a and then then Auburn. Everything's going on. Uh, it's the Auburn game. Uh, you could lose. <laughs> uh, I doubt it, but you could. And, uh, you know, the football team gets their trophy at halftime. It's just more of an awkward thing. I think the timing was really right. And not only that, it's really hard mathematically to argue we did not clinch the SEC on Saturday. So there was every reason to do it, and it doesn't seem like it was ever even discussed. I suppose you want to avoid the one-in-a-million chance you cut down the nets and then the season ends and you're not the SEC champions. That would look that would be a really bad look, I agree. But I just don't see how it's even really conceivable. 
Well, I think, though, you can also chalk this up to we just decided we weren't going to do anything because everything is so screwy. And what we're going to do instead of having a net cutting with everybody here is we're going to invite the students to come and do a net cutting after the season or some shit. I don't know. But, you know, it's just so weird that I I don't think there's an appropriate time to cut the nets because here's the other thing, Jimmy. I I don't know that I want them cutting the nets now because I don't want this team to feel like, okay, we, we did our part. It's over. Everybody, you know, I don't want that. I want them to still, you know, be fighting and clawing for everything they can be fighting and clawing for. So maybe cutting the nets down, period, just isn't the best idea. In the, I don't know. I, it's just such a weird year. And well, I, we're, we're, we're I, new I think to it. not cutting them down probably. Yeah. We're new to it too. Yeah. Who knows if we even have scissors. <laughs> exactly. It's been a, it's been a while. I think it's a good chance that where there's probably some sort of laminated sheet in the uh, head coach's office in Tuscaloosa, the head basketball office of this is what we do when we cut down the nets and here's the procedure. But there's a good chance we lost that laminated sheet of paper, you know, 10, 12 years ago. So we have no idea what in the hell to do anyway. So we we filed it under Shit, shit that'll never happen again, you know? <laughs> All right. Back in 07 or something. Um, sort okay, of embarrassing, well, but you have to ask Nate, hey, what did y'all do at Buffalo when y'all did this? Didn't y'all do, <laughs> sure, surely, he did, surely they won something at Buffalo. So there you go. I mean, yeah, they probably had to use like a, it's so cold up there at that time, that time of year, they probably had to like torch them down, you know? <laughs> the they cut down nets after every win. They cut down nets after every win because it's an excuse to stay indoors and out of the cold. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just, what are you doing up there? We lost by 20. I know, I just, I feel like uh, I got to cut these nets down. Um, All right, Jimmy, let me tell everybody about betonline.ag. If you took the tide minus whatever they were, you did not win at betonline.ag, but you could have bet on Vandy and won the game in your heart and won the spread with betonline.ag. You should have done that. That's what you need to do. BetOnline.ag gives you an opportunity to bet on anything you want to bet on practically. In fact, as Jimmy and I have said many times, if you will send us an idea for a wager, we can submit that to BetOnline.ag, and they they may put it up. You can bet on reality TV with these guys. It's bananas, people. Go check them out. BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you will receive a 50% Welcome bonus. That's a big deal. You put in $500, you get to play with $750. You put in $50, you get to play with $75. Whatever it is, you get a 50% bonus if you use the promo code locked on for a first time deposit. And that's remarkable. Go check out betonline.ag. They're going to be ready to rock for the uh, conference tournaments that are just around the corner. So go ahead and sign up for betonline.ag. Also, want to tell everybody about Built Bar. Jimmy and I have been bragging profusely about Built Bar and their new brownie coconut chunk. Oh, my God. Oh, that is unbelievable. It's good. Oh, so it's good. It's good, people. If if you don't like coconut, and you'll I don't, still love this. You'll still love it. I don't like coconut. I would mm-hmm. I would avoid anything that's got coconut in the title, frankly. But uh, I trusted Built Bar. I ate it, and I'm like, this is the best of all of the Built Bars, which is saying a lot. But – it's just a fact. It's not even that's not even subjective opinion because people's tastes are all different. No, no, no. objective fact. That's the best one. It is definitely the best one to me too. Now I, I've been singing the praises of the carrot cake for so long. Um, I feel like I'm cheating on it by saying uh, 
coconut brownie chunk is better, but it is. And so uh, just don't tell Carrot Cake I said that, people. Go to BuiltBar.com, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. Use the promo code Locked On. You'll get 20% off that order. So, so far, you know, you got 20% off one order. You get a 50% bonus. You're making money listening to this podcast. Isn't that amazing, people? Go to BuiltBar.com, put in that promo code Locked On, and just order to your heart's desire. And they have any flavor you could possibly want at BuiltBar.com. Go check them out ASAP. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On. Jimmy, you know, the, the game itself against Vandy wasn't great. Um, it just wasn't a ton nope. of fun to watch. We didn't we didn't play particularly well, which is a little bit scary. Um, but it, at, it's, at the same time, it's understandable because we did have that uh, Wednesday off. Um, Herb Jones fouled out again, even with the, the extra rest he got. And I'm beginning to think, you know, Herb's got to get the fouls under control or we got to start managing his fouls better where we kept him on the court quite a bit when he was out there with foul trouble, both in the first and second halves. And he fouled out with a relative nice amount of time left. Um, But Jaden Shackelford really uh, bailed us out yesterday. I thought it was good to see him come alive. Our threes were definitely not falling. Oh my God. I mean, I might want to cut those nets down and just have them tested, have the whole rim tested because we could not shoot yesterday. Well, we talked about it a million times. Uh, when we don't shoot the ball well, we struggle so to win the games. Uh, but it's a testament to the team that they find a way to win uh, because they're pretty good on defense. I didn't think it was one of our – testament to the team that they, they, they just found a way to win. They make enough defensive stops to win the game. Frankly, that's a game maybe previous editions of Alabama teams find a way to lose uh, against an outman Vandy team down the stretch with a lot on the line. But this team doesn't because they have good leadership. They made the stops, and they made the baskets when they absolutely needed them. Shackelford definitely had one of his better games, despite not shooting well, uh, which shows he was really uh, gave great effort. And uh, it wasn't a great win. It wasn't even a good win. You can call it an ugly win, but you know what? It's any win when you're trying to win the SEC down the stretch or make the NCAA tournament, they're all beautiful because they all get us closer and closer to the goal, which is not only making the NCAA tournament, but having a, a really good seed. Yeah, and look, in fact, I don't think you have to work, look too far to see that, you know, last year's team lost this game. <laughs> I'd forgotten Correct. Vandy team. We were one of Vandy's three wins last year in the conference. Um, so, I mean, yeah, this we're not used to winning in February, which is another reason we probably don't know where the damn scissors are to cut the nets down. So, um, <laughs> we just don't win in February, and it's good to see that we actually have turned this thing around to a degree to be able to have some success in this month. This look, it's a that's what I'm sure Nate Davis said. That would be my my uh pep talk. Guys, it's a really short month. Um could y'all keep it together for 28 days, please? <laughs> you know. Uh that that would be my pep talk. It's not that I didn't say it was a good pep talk. I just said that would be mine. Uh the story of the game instead of uh diving into any of the statistics which really uh, the only statistic that mattered was the fact that we won and uh, Ohio State, who's in front of us, lost. Virginia lost twice this week. So I'm assuming we're going to move up to no worse than six. Um, wow. That's pretty incredible. Um, but I think the story of the game is really Nate Oak's extension, which was announced the day before. Uh, and, and it was this huge news. In fact, it was like announced after we put the podcast out, which you know made me feel stupid, like we should have done an emergency podcast, but oh well. Um, 
That being said, he has a nice sized buyout now. It's not unreachable for a blue blood for sure. It's not John Calipari who his buyout is apparently $60 million. That's (laughs) insanity. Um, And somebody might want to pay it this year, Uh, but, but uh, it's, it's like a $10 million buyout. Now he's, he's making a close to around about the same as Bruce Pearl, which I think is extraordinarily fair. If he were to take Alabama to a final four, it wouldn't surprise me at all. If we said, Hey, here's the deal. Uh, we're going to bump you up even a little more. I would be fine with that. You get out this an Alabama team to the Final Four, you have lifetime contract in my eyes. So unless you do something really bad. So, yeah, I think the contract was the story of the game, and I, I'm so thrilled that Greg Byrne got it done. I was surprised. I mean, I'm not surprised at all. We, we, we talked about that too. Boy, people listen to podcasts are so far ahead of the curve. It's crazy. But me and you, we, we talked all basketball season that, hey, we thought when the season was over, what Alabama had to do was back up the Brinks truck to Coleman Coliseum and dump it all in Nate's lap because it was going to take that to keep him. It was uh, impressive that Greg Byrne was able to get it done during the season and before the flood of interest that was coming and may still come. The only thing that surprised me, Luke, was uh, I'm, I was a little surprised that it doesn't pay him more. I mean, the buyout amount is huge and, and really protects Alabama. Uh, which is great, and, and I think it was a statement on Nate's part that, hey, uh, I want to be at Alabama. I, I'm, I'm in no hurry to leave this place. I don't care who comes calling. I want to be here. Uh, but at the same time, if, if if you'd have told me how much the contract would be on an annual average value basis, uh, right now it, with, with his raise, it's a little over 3.2. I, I would have thought $4 million. I, I thought it would have taken that. So I, I'm a little – I thought it might be a little more. But – Thankfully, it's not. Alabama needs the money, as everyone does in, uh, in these uh, COVID times. So uh, just a good deal for everyone. And uh, there's, there's no doubt uh, the confidence that, that I have in Nate Oates is he, he can be here as long as he wants to. He, he, he's already proven to me that he's not just a good coach. He's a great coach. Uh, he's a great recruiter. The kids seem to like him. They play an entertaining brand of basketball. It's not just winning. It's fun. They fly up and down the court. They shoot threes like crazy. They're high-flying, and they play hard on the defensive end. I mean, it, it's just a fun brand of basketball, and uh, I have total confidence he's the long-term answer. I do, too, and I'll tell you something, though, that I bet you if you look at it like, okay, he's making $3.2 million in Tuscaloosa. Okay, I, I'm not a economics guy, but I would guess that's about – about how much uh, $4 million would be in, in Michigan? Is that crazy to say? Am I way off base? Uh, I wouldn't think you're way off base. I think that's probably on the right track. I mean, in terms of cost of living and, and, and things like that. I mean, you know, you could argue 3.2 in Tuscaloosa goes further than $5 million in New York City. Uh, that, that's probably well, I don't think there's any doubt true. about that, yeah. <laughs> that's probably true. And the quality of life. But you also have to factor in this. I know Nate repeatedly says, he and Crystal and then the girls love it here. I'm sure they do. They're treated really well. And, and what's not to like about Tuscaloosa? But we also have to, I mean, he's from the north. He's from somewhere else. It, it would not be crazy for them to, you know, this isn't home to them. Home is, 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 is up north to them. So it, it wouldn't it be shocking if that's where he would like to return one day. Uh, but uh, 3.2 million in Tuscaloosa, uh, you can live, you can live pretty well. You are, uh, you're not you're not having to eat taco casa every day. 
No, but you may want to. And if you did want to go that route, you can afford it. So that's what that's it doubly works out, Jimmy. Right? Did we lose Jimmy again? I think we did, but that's no, I'm okay. Here. I'm here. Okay. Just for a second. You, you just didn't like my joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I, I lost you for a few seconds. You know what sucks is I, I'm in Birmingham today and I didn't bring my new sound card, so I don't have my laugh track. You know, here's the thing I paid about $200 for this whole setup. I've used it once. I, I didn't use it the first time I could use it because I know how I set it up. The second time, you and I had a blast with it. The third time, I forgot to plug it in. And this time, I forgot to bring it. So <laughs> I'm not getting my money's worth out of my sound card. Yeah, it's a little tough, uh, too. It's a little different when I'm on the road as opposed to, uh, to at the office or at the house. When Because uh, usually when I'm on the road between uh, between South Alabama and, uh, and Tuscaloosa, uh, the, the 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 cell towers aren't what the, what they what we would like them to be. Uh, Jimmy, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about a few things, including Ali Cahoe. All right, so Ali Cahoe has entered the transfer portal, and he will be leaving Alabama. Um, Jimmy, I you know I don't think this is a huge deal. I think this is roughly on the seismograph about the same. Um, uh, reading as Ben Davis in plus or minus um, maybe a little bit more because Ali Cahill was a good special teams player, but in terms of helping on the, def- on the defensive side of the ball, he just, it just wasn't going to be there. And we've got way too many good linebackers now to be able to try and groom somebody who hadn't been able to, to grasp the defense of last years. I'm not trying to shoot the kid down because he was a hell of a special teams guy, but it just, you know, there was always something a bit not right about the fit. And um, it, he's an incredible athlete. I'm sure he'll land on his feet. He may have a pro career ahead of him, sort of like a, um, a special teams kind of career guy. But in terms of just being a, a, an all-star linebacker, wherever he goes, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I'm a little higher on him than that, but I agree with you that uh, fit is going to mean a lot. And, and he needs to go somewhere where he can start. I mean, he needs to be really smart about where he picks. Uh, I, I, I don't think it's a big blow to Alabama with him leaving because I don't think Cahoe was a, a, a real threat to be uh, in the starting lineup. This fall he was certainly going to be a crucial special teams player again, uh, but you can fill those spots more easier than you can you know, fill in spots on the offense and defense. So it wasn't a huge loss for Alabama, although he is a good player. I think in the end it was a good move for him. If he wants to play pro football, it was time to go somewhere else. And, uh, and see if he can't get on the field and, and get in the lineup. And I, and I think he's more likely to do that somewhere else. I think, you know, Cecil had a pretty good uh, uh, Sunday column about this in the Tuscaloosa News. Uh, I don't think he said this in it, but it's kind of the, what I took from it. And that is fans are still in a mindset about transfers, a mindset that we've been in for 20 or 30 years since, since we've been following this game. We've been in the mindset that when a kid transfers, it's bad. It's bad for the school. It's bad for the kid. It indicates that something bad has happened, or or, or even this, worse, that the kid's not very good. He couldn't play here. Uh, there's no playing time here, so he's not very good. So there's not much of a loss. Well, I mean, who's been ahead of this guy? What do we mean he's not very good? You know, most of the Alabama transfers that have gone somewhere else have found themselves in the starting lineup, no matter who it is. And K.O. was actually contributing here, uh, albeit on special teams. Uh, I think K.O. could go somewhere and prove to be very good. I, I think all that was proven in K.O.'s time at Alabama in terms of how good he is 
is that he's not as good as Dylan Moses and he's not as good as Christian Harris. I mean, that, 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 that's all that's been conclusively proven about where his game is. Uh, I, I think he's a great athlete. Uh, I think uh, playing a disciplined style of football is going to be tough for him. I also think he's better against the pass than the run, which is unique for an inside linebacker, and it might serve him well in a league like the Big 12 or the Pac-12. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. I, I think he'll do well. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a first-round pick type guy by any means, but I think he's a good player. I, I, I think not getting on the field at Alabama doesn't mean anything, really. It, it, it can mean yeah. a lot, or it can mean, or it can mean nothing. And I think in Ko's case, it probably doesn't mean a lot. Uh, he can run and jump and fly around and hit people hard with the best of them. He clearly loves to play. Uh, I hope he does well. Again, he won't be hugely missed by Alabama because of our never-ending assembly line. As Nick likes to say, I'm sure we'll just poop out another player. Um, but, uh, but, but, but Cahoe, uh, he did well here. I mean, he was a really good special teams player, led the nation in blocked punts as a sophomore. He blocked three punts in one season. That's incredibly rare. He almost got a couple others uh, as well. So, uh Good for him, I guess, in terms of where he's going to go. Not that it matters, but the kid's from Nevada. I would say there's a good chance he's going to go back home and go back out west, and we'll see him somewhere in the Pac-12, maybe at a uh, a Colorado or a Utah. Yeah, and and that's what I want. And again, I wasn't trying to, you know, put the kid down or anything because I'm for him. I'm like you. I mean, I pull for our transfers as much as anybody, um, and I'm for him. It just didn't. There was always something a bit off about his being here, about the fit. You know, he, he uh, it just something was always just a bit off. And he just did not seem to get the system, which, again, is not a huge uh, insult because our system's kind of a bitch. And the only the elite of the elite generally get it. So yep. to say, OK, hey, I didn't play at Alabama doesn't mean you suck. It means you're right. You just weren't as good as Dylan Moses. Oh, guess what? He's a first round draft pick. So not that big of a whoop, guys. Right, right, right. Exactly. And also this, this is sort of semi-public. It's not like this is, you know, inside scoop or, or private info because it's been out there. But as we all know, when Cahoe came out of high school, he had a very weird recruiting story where he initially signed with Washington and was let out of his national letter of intent, free to transfer to Alabama, kind of before the new rules, frankly. You know, I mean, when it was like a little less rare uh, than it is today. Uh, but three years ago, Cahoe signed with Washington, came to Alabama, and, uh, and, and you know, the kid's uh, family was going through a divorce, and it was apparently pretty, pretty brutal. And uh, Ali got, gets caught up in the middle of it, you know, where one parent wants him to go one place, other parent wants him to go another place, and they're literally – literally uh, apparently you know fighting over it in court and uh and and the kid gets caught in the middle and uh and struggled uh, as, as anyone would i think that's why keho had uh you know maybe maybe wasn't so uh didn't have such a big first or second year on campus i think i think dealing with issues off the field uh you know uh, really kind of put him behind but uh man athletically what a good kid what a good kid anybody who follows him on on uh on social media knows uh what a good outgoing uh, kid he is. And, and I think he's going to do great uh, where he goes. And most importantly, he's very close to getting a degree too. Yeah. And uh, you're, you're right. And here's the other thing that I do like, especially from him or anybody who's transferred recently, Ben Davis, the same way um, they have made it abundantly clear. There's no ill will at all. They uh, it's just, 
better for them to move forward. And look, you can't bitch about that. I mean, I that I think that's just the way it is. And again, that that's the new way it is. And you all you have to look is no. And for people who don't like it, who are like, you know, you should have to you know live with your decisions or whatever. I point to the uh, Dylan Brooks situation, the Dylan Brooks situation oh. where he was, he signs with Tennessee and, you know, look, when he signed with Tennessee, when he committed to Tennessee, he stayed committed with them through all this rough BS. And then finally, which they announced, they don't, the NCAA doesn't announce this. Tennessee announces we're about to get hammered y'all. And so Dylan Brooks, and, and he sees a lot of his other classmates and, and recruiting teammates and whatever bailing on Tennessee. And he's like, I don't know that I want to do this anymore. I'm the, I'm, the, I'm I, I was going to be one of the big fish. Now I'm the only fish left in this pond <laughs> and I don't blame him for wanting to leave. And that's where, you know, Tennessee wasn't releasing him at first. It was only because of public pressure. They release him. So that's where, even though I'm, I'm old school, you know, I, I do think there should be something, I, even for graduate transfers, I, the graduate transfer things always kind of bug me. Um, about, you know, just being able to transfer wherever you want to. I, I That's always kind of bugged me. But when I see something like the Dylan Brooks situation hit, I'm like, this is why this is there. And so I would right. be all for some kind of situation where you can transfer one time, graduate or no graduate, one time, and, and you get to go wherever you want to one time. Then from that point forward, no matter the circumstance, no matter the circumstance, you sit out a year. And I think that's fair for everybody. And that gives everybody a chance to uh, make up for a mistake. And if you sign and then you want to use that, Hey, I'm leaving right after you sign, go for it. You know, but anyway, that's what I'm saying. I I want Ali Keho, who is not a graduate transfer. I want him to be able to go next year and play immediately. I I want him to be able to do that because he's a, he's a good kid and it should work out that way. Same with Ben Davis, who I think is a graduate transfer, but um, all right, Jimmy, we will, we'll wrap things up there. When we have our next podcast, we'll talk a little bit about this Arkansas game, which is going to be interesting because Arkansas, the Arkansas A&M game got canceled. So Arkansas is now going to have that dreaded week off. You would think that it's usually a good thing. I think it's a better thing for for football than it is basketball because, uh, you know, you've seen a lot of teams have this week off and then not play so well. I think Louisville just had that, and they got beat by 45 yesterday by North Carolina. So, you know, sometimes you get these week off and it's not rest. It's just a way for you to get lackadaisical. So we'll talk about the Arkansas game coming up because if Alabama wins that one now, we can all agree it's over. <laughs> I mean, there's no more anything. <laughs> That's it, <laughs> right? Hey, and Arkansas's, uh, Arkansas has cut down some nets before. Maybe they'll leave their scissors out for us. <laughs> yeah, a, wouldn't, that be, wouldn't that be some shit if, like, we beat Arkansas, like, at the buzzer, we break their hearts. And then, like, NATO just like, hey, hey good game, uh, Coach Musselman, good game. Hey, listen, by the way, if you don't mind, if you could get all your cardboard cutouts and whatever people left and get them the hell out of here so we can just cut the nets down, we'll buy you new nets if we can borrow your scissors. How about that? Deal? <laughs> we'll call it I, I could, that's, uh, that's pretty realistic. It's pretty realistic. All right, buddy. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.